0: Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the word today. Uh so I kind of have a double title on this. Uh, Going to talk to you about the Father's love, and I emphasize the Father uh, as opposed to a Father's love. Uh, if we was to get a bit more technical about it, it would be from servant to son slash uh, daughter. Uh, this came came just about. Uh, Lord just dropped this into my heart. Really, when when I felt like the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me personally. Uh, this past week, maybe the week prior, and then just kind of going back to what I felt the Holy Spirit was speaking to me in my in my quiet time, uh, I felt like I should speak to you uh, in in a message format of what the Lord was speaking to me. Uh, I really want to emphasize the idea of going uh, from servant to son or daughter of God, which is based off of uh, the Father's love. I want to start off by saying this, you know, I might walk around a little bit. Sometimes our perception of how God accepts us uh, can be wrong. Please hear this. Th- th- this is this is the foundation of what I'm going of, of where I'm going with this. And if you don't get the beginning uh, you you'll miss the reason for the rest of it. Sometimes we just don't really understand the depth of God's love, of God's acceptance, of really how big His affection and His passion is for us. And there's some possible reasons for that. Uh, sometimes we don't really quite get His love his embrace, his acceptance, or his forgiveness. In other words, all that is hindered in our life because of maybe our past. Maybe because of sin, current, past. Maybe because of feeling condemned because of actions. Uh, Maybe because we're unable to meet certain standards That man, or even self, has a tendency to kind of put out there for us to meet. And we don't meet these standards. And so, therefore, we just have a, we can have a tendency to feel like we're not loved as much. Or we're not received as much. Or we're not really accepted for all that God has for us. Yes, he loves us. Yes, maybe I'm going to heaven uh, maybe there is a, 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 a lack of belief or expectation on how much we could really receive from God. Am I, am I making sense? I, I hope I'm, I'm articulating uh, as clearly as, as, as I'm, I'm seeing in, in, in my head. I have a hard time sometimes articulating what I see visually uh, in, in my head or my spirit. But all these things can, co- can cause a domino effect in, in our life. And it's not a positive domino effect. It, it, it's, it's, it's a hard domino effect. It's a negative one. And so basically, when this is wrong in, in our life, like our perception of how God accepts us, when this is wrong in, in our life, our position, our position in God's family can be off. Let me say this again. So when our perception, when how we see or how we realize the depth of God's love and acceptance of us, when that is off, our position in God's family, our position in our relationship with him can be off. So what happens is instead of realizing that we are sons and daughters, like favored, accepted sons and daughters of God, what begins to happen, we can kind of feel like we're just servants. We can kind of feel like we're on the outside, looking in, like we're in the yard, but we're not in the house. We're in the kingdom, but we're not in the, in the castle. And it's all because our position is hindered because our perception is off. That's the first domino. And then it hits another one. So when our position is off because of our perception, then our reception is off. So let's say God has a party for you in the house, but, yet you're, but you are in the yard. You feel like you are too dirty to walk inside the house. For whatever reason and for wherever the dirt came, no matter what, even though maybe the owner or maybe other people was saying, come on, we got a party for you. We got a dinner for you. We're going to have a good time. You look at yourself and you're like, I'm, 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 I'm too dirty. and I, I can't get cleaned up. I can't get washed off. I'm just dirty. So, because you don't go in the house, then you lack receiving all that you can receive from God. What a son and daughter receives from a father or a mother is different than what a servant receives from a father or a mother. So if perception is off, position is off. If position is off, reception is off. And then if reception is off, our liberty and our freedom, our peace that comes from being a son or daughter of God is lacking. Lacking. Let me say that again. Our liberty, our freedom, as a son or a daughter, the idea that what is God's is mine, what is God's is yours, is off. And you consistently find yourself out of position, out of reception, and out of liberty with God when God sent his son to die on the cross because he loves you so that you could be repositioned so that you can receive everything that he wants you to receive and then therefore experience the liberty, the freedom, and the peace of almighty God that the world could never give you. And it all stems From having a skewed perception of the totality of God's love, acceptance, and embrace of you as you are. See, His love and His embrace is not based on your ability to get clean. You get clean because of the experience of his love and his grace. But if you never come to him because of your dirt, then you will never experience the totality of his love and his grace. That's why you cannot wait to get clean to get saved. You can't wait. To get clean, to experience the love and the power and the blessings of God. See, God's love isn't human love; it's greater than human love. Human love puts all these like things into place. You got to do this to be loved. You got to act this way to be loved. You got to do one, two, three, and four to be loved. You got to act. You got to think a certain way, talk a certain way, dress a certain way, drive a certain way to experience certain types of love. But no, God says, "Come to." me, all, all, all who are heavy and laden, and I will give you rest. See, he, it doesn't matter how dirty you are or how clean you are. And I love how God wipes the slate clean. God is not a respecter of people. So you can be dirty or you can be clean. And his love for one or the other doesn't change. It's the same. But the choices we make are different and can create a difference in what we receive. So if one person goes into God because they realize the depth of his love, but another person doesn't go into God because they don't realize the depth of his love, guess what? The one that goes in gets what the one that stays out doesn't. And my question to you is, are you going to allow yourself Are you going to allow religion? Are you going to allow some preacher? Are you going to allow some book? Are you going to allow family traditions keep you from realizing the power and the depth that God has for you when it comes to love? It's up to you. So let's look at the prodigal story, the prodigal son story. So I'm going to pray, paraphrase a little bit, read a little bit, talk a little bit, paraphrase a little bit, read a little bit more, and talk a little bit more. And then we'll go home. And hopefully all that in there be kind of quick. Kind of. Capitalization quick. So the story of the prodigal son. You had a, a wealthy father who had two sons. The one son it was like, I want my inheritance now. He went to the father and he asked for his inheritance. And the father gave it to him. And then the Bible says, within a couple of days, he checked out. When he checked out, he went to live a lifestyle that was very shameful. Very sinful, very shameful. Total opposite of how he was raised Total opposite of his, family, of his family's ways or his father's house or his father's kingdom. And the Bible says that he spent everything that he was given and then a drought came. And then when the drought came, he didn't have nothing saved. He didn't have no money to spend on the little bit of food that there was available. But then he found work feeding pigs. And he went to feed pigs. And the Bible says he began to realize, or the, the, uh, he began to eat with the pigs. And in this process, he just kind of had a light bulb experience, an epiphany of sort, that even his father's servants eats better than how he's eating at that moment. And so now let me read to you. Luke 15, 17 through 24, we have it on the screen here. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this is my son. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. So, let me talk about this a little bit, and then we'll go into a short repeat. So, so much aspect of this story is it's so, it's symbolic in many, many ways. We're going to look at a certain aspect of it. We're going to look at servants and what they was to get. Then we're going to look at sons and daughters, specifically son in this context, and what he was to receive. And we're going to realize the difference because in this story, the father represents God and the son represents you and I. So when you look at what a servant gets someone on the someone inside but on the outside. So a servant was in the kingdom, but a servant was was not living in the castle. The servant was in the yard, but the servant wasn't living in the house. The servant had the love of a master, because this was a loving master, but he didn't have a servant didn't have the favor of a son. What we see that a servant received... Sorry, my my thing keeps going haywire on me. Maybe I need to do this. What What we see that a servant received is number one bread. He received sustenance. He received what enabled him to live. We see that the servant had more than enough. He had leftovers. So he just didn't get sustenance. He got more than enough sustenance from the master. We see that the servants had shelter. A place to live, a place to put their head. Not in the house. Not in the castle. Not in the owner's quarters or wing not in a son or daughter's area but the servants had a place that they called home the servants had purpose the servants had work a sense of belonging a sense of being a part they played a role servants had protection protection from raiders protection from elements protection from the drought So you see, servants was treated good, but they wasn't treated the best. You can be a child of God and experience good and still not experience his best for you. And it's not because God is unwilling. It's maybe because you've chosen just to be a servant. And not to be a son or a daughter. In this scenario, the son was like, I just want to be a servant. I, I, I'm unworthy. I'm not clean enough. I have shamed the father. He had the sense of shame, the sense of condemnation, the sense of unworthiness. Like I, I'm just good enough. Just to be in the yard. I'm just good enough just to be on the outside. Just good enough just to barely get by with the bread, with the leftovers, with the shelter, with the roll, with the protection. But I, 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 number one, I, I love the prodigal son's heart. His heart wins me over. In the beginning of the story, he irritates me. But at the end of the story, his attitude wins me over. And I love the heart of the father. Because the father did not want him to stay in the position of a servant. God does not want you to stay in the position of the servant where all you're doing is eating a little bit of his bread, maintaining the protection, experiencing some purpose. No, God loves you so much that he wants you to go from servant to son or servant to daughter so you can be in the house and experience the totality of what he has for you. And now let's look at what the son was to receive. So the first thing that we see that he received is special affection. Well, technically not right. We see that he received compassion. Then after after compassion, he received special affection. The father hugged him, put his head on the son's neck, and kissed him. He received, and I'm going to break these down here in a moment, but he received a fattened calf. He received special clothing, which was a robe, a ring, and sandals. And on top of receiving this, he also received everything that the servants received. So you see, as a child of this father coming into the kingdom, He was given quite a bit more than what? Someone on the outside but the inside was receiving. Now let's look at this in a little bit deeper context. He received affection. A hug on the neck. A kiss on the cheek. This represented deep love. It represented intimacy. And it represented deep caring. See, God doesn't just want you as a servant. He wants you as a son or, of a, or a daughter so that he can love you deeply, so that he can be intimate with you deeply, and so that he could care for you deeply. Servants, those on the outside, did not receive this kind of affection. Only the sons and only the daughters. God is an affectionate God. And God will love you deeply and God will care for you deeply. And God will be intimate with you personally. But you can't be on the outside looking in. You got to be on the inside to receive that reception. Special clothing. I'm sorry, let's go back a little bit. The fattened calf. See, this represented the best of. It was a fattened calf. It wasn't just a calf in the field. It was a calf put in close quarters, given an extra rich diet so that it can fatten up. It was being fattened for the kill. More meat, more flavor, more tender, It's a fattened calf, not just a field-raised calf. This calf was given special attention. This calf represented the best of, represented the richness of, represented something special. See, when you are a son or a daughter, and your perception is that I am a son or daughter of God, And your position is in the house of God. God, And you're not like on the outside just looking in. On the outside just barely wanting some crumbs off God's table. When you truly see yourself as a son and daughter of God. Not because of what you've done. You're dirty. I'm dirty. But because of his love. Then what happens is he presents you with his best. What happens... Is he goes out of his way and he specially prepares goodness and blessings for you? You're not just eating bread off the table, you're not just eating yesterday's leftovers, but you are given the fattened calf, the best. Of what the father has to give. And then you're giving special clothing. This is in, this is with the robe, this is with the ring, this is with sandals. So we get an idea of a robe. A robe means favor. We get that from Jacob and Joseph. So jo, jo, Jacob made a coat of many colors, he gave it to his son Joseph. It was a coat of favor. One of the things that a robe represents scripturally is favor. So when the father said, "Go get him the be- one of the best robes," what he was saying is, "Go get something that represents he has all my favor." Now, God's favor is 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 a series within itself. God's favor is when things. Things happen to you, and things happen for you that shouldn't happen to you, and that shouldn't happen for you. Doors open because God is working on your behalf. Doors close because God is working on your behalf. Opportunities happen because God is working on your behalf. God is doing wonders in your life because God is working on your behalf. God moves mountains. God does things that you can't do. God does things for you that nobody else can do. God works miracles in your life and this is a byproduct of God's favor upon your life and the first thing that he did when it came to changing his clothing and if you really want to think about it when 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 the father changed his clothing he was really changing his past he was changing the stench of his past He was changing the look of his past. He was changing the struggle of his past. And what he was really saying is, you did not have favor. You had struggle, you had heartache, you had issue. You were hungry, but now I am giving you favor and in my favor is I am making the impossible possible. I am changing the way you smell. I am changing the way you look. I am changing the effect of your past. I am positioning you presently to bless you for the future. I am giving you the best of my favor. Amen? But it comes when you are a son or daughter and not an outsider just looking in. And then he gave him a ring. The ring meant commitment. The ring meant unbroken love. The ring... Meant identity. He was gone a while. Maybe there was new servants. They didn't know who he was. Yeah, he's fancy dressed. So what? All he had to do is show the ring. The ring represented identity. My wife is Lorana Rhodes. Because one of the reasons is she's wearing the ring that I gave her that represented our commitment and our unbroken love for one another. That ring represents that she is mine and I am hers. I'm actually wearing a ring today and in Hebrew it actually says she is mine and I am hers. And it's a Proverbs uh, from Solomon. So this ring is a type of identity marker they knew who he was because of the ring that he wore God wants you to know and he wants the people around you to know who you are he does not want you to be identified by your past in regards to a dirty past But he wants you to be identified by a blessed present and future. He wants you to be identified by his love, his mercy, his grace, and his changing power. He wants you to have his identity. Not a past identity. And then we move on to the sandals. Sometimes people get caught get get stuck without sandals. See without sandals he would be limited. Not having sandals is for re- maintaining a position in God's house. So God revealed himself to Moses And he told Moses, Take your sandals off, you're on holy ground. It was a type of worship center. The prodigal son, if he didn't have sandals, he would be restricted, restricted to the house, restricted to the building, but he wouldn't have access to the rest of the kingdom. But the father was like, Bring him sandals. I don't want him just in the house. I want him in all my kingdom. God doesn't want you just blessed in the house with your sandals off. God wants you blessed in the world with your sandals on. And God wants to send you out into the world as his son, as his daughter, bearing his identity, wearing his favor, So that you can be a Daniel in the land of Babylonia. He doesn't want you as servants, barely getting by, eating crumbs off the table, just living by the bread. He loves you so much, he wants you to come inside his house. And he wants to be able to say to you, what I have is yours. Because now we move to the second phase of this. And it's going it, to it, it, give me about five minutes. So there's a faithful son. When the faithful, the faithful son was in the field working when all this was going on. And when the faithful son came back, you know, to the house area, he heard and he saw all the commotion and he asked the servant, what's going on? And the servant told him the story. And the Bible says the faithful son got mad. He got upset. Then he had a little meeting with the father. And he told the father, I, I, I've been faithful to you all these years. I haven't taken the money and I haven't squandered it. I, I haven't done all these bad things. And I've never once been given a fattened calf for me and my friends to be married. But this guy. And he began to list the bad stuff that he did. Did you know, let me hit the pause button here. Did you know that sometimes we we Christians, we judge other people's blessings simply because we haven't positioned ourselves to get the blessing that God wants us to get? An unblessed person becomes judgmental of another person's blessings. But if you're not blessed, it's not God's fault. It's your own choices. Amen? Amen. And this is what the father said to him. I'm just going to give you one verse. And he said to him, son, I love that, son, another identity marker, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. Now, what we have to see here is principle, is attitude. It's is is the condition of, of God the Father's heart. The father, the heart of the father in this story that represents God is if you are a son, then all I have is yours. Now this story is based off of two sons but it's applicable to male and female. If you are his daughter, all he has is yours. If you are a son, all he has is yours. But the three-letter word, son, is key. How many letters is in daughter? D-A-U-T-H. Had to think about that one. Or daughter, all that I have is yours. So which means you and I, we have to transition. We have to see. We have to act. We have to believe that we're not just servants of the Lord but we're sons and daughters of the Lord. We're not saved to be in the yard, but we're saved to be in the house. We're not saved to just be in the kingdom, but we're saved to be in the castle. When you and I, when we really see this, and we really embrace this, and we make it an identity marker for ourselves on our journey of faith. It can change everything. Because then you begin to worship as a son or a daughter. You're not worshiping because of formalities and you're not worshiping because something sounds good. You're worshiping as a son of son or daughter. And it creates intimacy. When you see yourself as a son or a daughter and not just a servant, you can go to a circumstance in life and you know that God's favor is going to be upon you. And you know that he, has, that he can open doors that nobody else can open. And you know he can close doors that nobody else can close. Because of his favor upon your life. You have the freedom to experience the goodness of God, the blessings of God, and the power of God. Now what this doesn't mean is it doesn't mean we don't serve. I'm not saying that. Jesus himself said it's better to give than it is to receive. That Jesus himself taught the power of And the importance of being, uh, or to serving. So I'm not saying we don't serve, because Jesus served. But when Jesus started his ministry, what did Jesus? What did God call him? He was baptized. A voice from heaven rang out. This is my son. In whom I'm well pleased. So Jesus was a son before he was a servant. But the problem with some church people is they consider themselves to be a lowly servant more than a favored son or daughter. And when you view and when you perceive yourself as that way, your position is off, your reception is off. And your liberty in God is off. So you need to not only just look at yourself. You need to know that the love of a father transcends your dirt. Your failure, your lack, your past. The love of the father brings you into his house for you to be able to say or for you to be able to hear what all is mine is yours. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.